Welcome back to the Leo Weekly Podcast. I'm Sid Bishop. We're here for 99 Bottles, a deep dive into one beer from one local brewery. This week, we're here with Spencer Guy, the head brewer at Akasha Brewing Company. Uh, today, we're going to talk about the Brain Check, their imperial stout hitting taps late February. Uh, so I understand the Brain Check sold out last year um, quickly. Can you tell us a little bit about how it was received? Uh, yeah, so uh, Brain Check uh, is our imperial stout with cocoa nibs, coffee, vanilla, and cinnamon. Uh, it's a beer I've been doing for about five years now, so it kind of had a little bit of following um, from people around town who've had it when I was brewing it at home and everything. Yeah. So the name was kind of already there. Um, uh, it was really well-received beer. It's a great, you know, super chocolatey, spiced uh, stout. Um, so we had people show up about four, four and a half hours before we opened our doors. Hell yeah. Um, they lined up around the block, and yeah, I think we sold it out in four or five hours, something like that. Um, That's good business for feast too. Yeah, totally, totally. I hope they took care of you guys out there time. eating eating barbecue in line. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and we do a few different a few different ones. We do the the the, the original brain check, and then we do a couple um, special little variants that there's not quite as many bottles of. What were the variants last year? So last year we had a variant with Arbol chili peppers, which is what we're sipping on now, and then we had a variant with extra vanilla. Okay. Mm-hmm. Actually, uh, let's just, before we go too much further, can you tell me about the adjuncts that are in the beer in general? So sure. we know what the base stout is. Sure. Uh, there is uh, cocoa nibs. We use a, uh, uh, some cocoa nibs from a uh, confectioner in Chicago called Ethereal. Um, uh, we use a Ugandan uh, cocoa nib. They sell single origin cocoa nibs, super fudgy, chocolatey, yes. brownie batter. Um, and then we do some cinnamon. And some vanilla to kind of the vanilla really accents the the uh, chocolate. Sure. Um, yeah. And then we do some coffee, um, so it's kind of uh, gives it a little bit of a mocha vibe. Not a ton of coffee, but um, I love coffee beer. So oh, yeah. it's yeah. me too. It, I mean, it's a good way to it kind of grits it up in a good way. Right. Not in a sediment heavy way. It just gives it a a, a more robust mouthfeel. Right. I I really enjoy uh, bitterness, especially in stouts. I enjoy the bitterness that you can get from coffee as opposed to hops. So Same. I'll actually scale back some of my bittering hops in this beer to and then anticipate some some bitterness from the coffee beans. Well, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna circle back to that. Um, so, just in general, how? It, so, this is somebody's first drink of this beer. How would you describe it in general, like start to finish? Let me get a little sip here. Get into it. <laughs> well, first, let's start with the nose here. I mean, the nose to me. Okay, so right now we're drinking the chili pepper one yeah. from last year with the Arbol pepper. So, uh, to me, right off the bat, I smell some of that chili pepper heat, um, and and then followed by th- these bottles are a year old. So normally you're gonna have a, a really big fresh coffee smell in the fresh bottles. Yeah. Um, now, granted, these have been sitting for a year, so the coffee's a little bit more subtle. I get a little more chocolate in the nose. Uh, a nice full-bodied beer, oh, you know, yes. high alcohol. Uh, it's not so full-bodied that it's like drinking syrup. You know, I like to yeah. do things in a little bit more balanced way. Um, and then that, you know, chocolate fudge, you know, kind of coats the tongue, and then you get hit with that spice, cinnamon, chili pepper on the back end. That to yeah. me really balances all that uh, the the sweet chocolate and everything out well especially with this particular beer that we're sipping on right now you can get the heat and i know it's not just the chilies the cinnamon's going to add some to that too yes um the the, really the chilies are you're getting that heat in the back of your throat it really is mostly the chilies oh yeah um the the cinnamon that i use is not um don't think like big red cinnamon or like uh you know red hot candy cinnamon. It's more of like a deep roasted cinnamon, like a pie crust cinnamon. Gotcha. Um, so it's not going to be a really spicy cinnamon. This is really the only one that's 
spicy in the sense of pepper. Um, the other ones are spicy in a sense of like spiced, like Christmas gotcha. spiced, you know? Well, that's that's what I was thinking anyways. And that's right. what I meant when I said cinnamon. That's a good pull of the Big Red because I always found mm-hmm. that to be like, sp- not hot, but spiced. Spicy, yeah. right. So it's a, that's kind of a different kind of cinnamon. You get yeah. you can get some of those Big Red flavors from a Celion cinnamon. Sure. Um, and I use, um, I can't remember what the cinnamon's called. It's it's kind of the more generic cinnamon, but I like the way it tastes better. Um, I didn't even know there was more than one kind of cinnamon. Oh, yeah. They're oh, just yeah. brown dust that tastes good. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> No, uh, that's awesome. Um, so it sounds like all the adjuncts have a little bit of a story. Can you tell me where the coffee's from? So we're using Bean Coffee, uh, Bean in Germantown. Um, oh, hell yeah. We're using his Big Dog Blend, which is yeah. one of my favorite coffees to drink actually on the everyday. Um, it's a medium roast, more on the dark side than the light side. Yeah. Um, it's fruity. It's bitter. It's got some vanilla and some chocolate character to it. Um, it it does not express any green pepper to me, which some okay. coffee beers can do. Like I said, we're drinking a beer with coffee in it. That's a year old. Yeah. Uh, sometimes the coffee can turn into green chili pepper taste. <laughs> like it yeah. can, it can be yeah. very vegetal. Um, that's not something I've found that happens with this particular blend of beans from him. So it's kind of what I've stuck with. Hell yeah. So I'm, cause I'd never really thought about the staying power of the coffee. Um, because I also don't buy beer to leave it sit, you know some people do it's funny um i put actually if you look at the label it says coffee is best fresh keep cold drink now right on the label no it's Um, accurate you don't you don't brew up a pot of coffee uh and then drink it two days later sitting on your counter right it doesn't taste very good so kind of the same concept in beer granted you know if you store the the bottles warm with the coffee it'll hold up a little bit but i can't even abide lukewarm coffee yeah Yeah. Uh, it's just not that's that's unacceptable um so the in and I wanted to talk a little bit about cocoa nibs because I've had various beers that advertise cocoa nibs in them. Um and I think it's to sometimes it's to really great effect and sometimes it's a little overwhelming. Is it a challenging like uh ingredient to use? Can I mean can it go off the rails? It definitely can go off the rails. Uh, you can definitely get a little bit too much of the bitter baker's chocolate flavor from it. Um, because it is chocolate in the rawest form, it is not sweet, you know, unsweetened chocolate. So it's very bitter. Um, it can also go the opposite way. If you are using raw coconibs and they're not toasted first, you can really not get much flavor out of them at all. So um, it's just something that I've played with for years. Um I've never had a beer be ruined by cocoa nibs. Yeah. Um, I've always used the highest quality cocoa nibs I could find. So in the sense of it going off the rails, I mean, the only negative side things I've ever seen is it getting a little too bitter. Just, just being like Baker's chocolate bitterness. Actually that to me, that sounds awesome. But yeah. <laughs> I've, had, I've had a few that had cocoa nibs in them that almost tasted like uh quick or something. Really? Yeah. I mean, it was just it, it, the, I don't know if it was a sediment or what, but it mm-hmm. almost, it, there was, it was almost saccharine how sweet it was, mm. you know? Yeah. Um, I don't, in my experience, I don't think cocoa nibs are going to contribute though. much. Uh, well, they're not going to contribute any sugar or sweetness. Um, I think if you have a not great base beer and you put coconut nibs in it, it's still going to not be a great beer. So maybe you that's, might be experiencing something I more along the lines of that. That's probably around where, <laughs> yeah, where, where the starting point was on that. Um, so speaking of the base beer, I'd, I've asked this before because we, you know, it's the winter. A lot of our guests at this time of the year, also brewers, they're making stouts, porters, dark beers. This is the mm-hmm. season. Um, and I asked before if, if getting the grains or hops or the necessary ingredients just for the base 
is difficult. And at the time, I was told not so much. But as we get a little further into the season, has that escalated? Or were there any challenges getting what you needed or anything like that? I have no difficulty uh, getting our ingredients in the wintertime. I mean, you know, a truck pulls up and they unload a pallet for me. Um, the difficulties that I do have with this beer is it's a high alcohol beer. Um, so, so getting enough grain, uh, into the small amount of liquid to get the sugar that we need to produce the amount of alcohol we need is quite a challenge. Um, so last year, this was the first, last year was the first time I brewed this, what we're drinking now on the professional level before it had all been at home and, uh, definitely undershot. I think it came out of, oh, this is around 9%. Um, this year's version is 12 and a half percent. Holy shit. I've, uh, I've. You know, we figured it out over the last year or so. Yeah. Um, but uh, so, yeah, this year's version, we had uh, 1,500 pounds of malt went into a seven-barrel batch. So okay. that's roughly 300 gallons. That sounds like why it's a two-person job. It is definitely a two-person <laughs> job. It was uh, We did what's known as a reiterated mash. I could go on and on, blah, blah, blah. Um, long process. Of tw- it's, uh, last year was a 24-hour brew day. This yeah. year was a 23-hour brew day. Okay. Uh, we boiled the beer. Straight? Yes, straight. All right. So the coffee that you got also came yeah, in. Handy. Right. Yeah. So uh, last year we ended up boiling the beer for uh, 10 hours. This year we boiled it for seven and a half hours. Okay. Um, essentially we're just evaporating water, condensing it, making it uh, sweeter and sweeter, higher, higher sugar, higher sugar. What does the length of time have to do with it? I mean, because you said it was 10 last year and seven and a half this year. Does that have an impact on the beer itself? So last year, like I said, we undershot on the amount of sugar that we needed. Okay. So we just needed to boil it for longer to evaporate off more water. Gotcha. Because the sugar is not going to evaporate. It's going to stay in the wort. So the longer you boil, the more your water you're evaporating, the more sugar your wort is getting. Okay. Um, and not to mention, you know, it never hurts to boil one of these big stouts for a long time anyways. You're just making it syrupy and caramelizing it and getting some okay. of that Maillard reaction going. Um, we didn't have to boil it quite as long this year because we got really good efficiency. Right. But... Uh, but we still, I mean, you know, normally we boil beer for 60 or 90 minutes. And we're talking about boiling something for seven hours. It's, Jeez. Yeah. How do you yeah. even measure that efficiency, by the way? I mean, like, <laughs> you know the outcome, but there's, right. a, there's, there's a chemical component to this. In there's some definitely some brewing software that you can calculate your efficiency at the end. Like, okay, okay. Wh- what did we hit on our, on our efficiency here? Um, and then just checking it as you go, checking, checking your runnings coming out, um, um, checking the gravity of your runnings during yeah. every step of the process. Basically, you need to know what you're at currently and what you're going to be at to figure out, you know, how lo- how much water we need to drive off. Basically, all right. Wow, that's yeah, I, 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 no, 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 yeah, no, yeah, yeah. no. It's not boring to me. I just I'd never thought about how those those factors could uh, inf- influence the end of beer or anything like that. With these big beers that that you're trying to get this much sugar from, if you're really trying to get it from all grain. Um, your efficiency just goes down the toilet, basically. Gotcha. Um, it's it's just it's a really it's a task to get beers this big. So it's it's just. A I thought it was struggle. yeast actually that did that. The yeast are going to turn the sugar into alcohol for us, but we got to have a shitload of sugar to, to get, get a shitload, a shitload of, alcohol, of alcohol, right? Yeah. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah, so. that's awesome. I, so I'd never really, I you know, I have uh, more than a passing understanding of it, but n- definitely not to your level. Um, so I, one of the things I wanted to ask too, before I go further, just to circle back a little bit. So you, this was a beer that you developed at home. Is that right? What was the, I want to ask a few questions about that. One of which being, uh, where did you get this idea? How did you come up with this combination of beers? Prairie bomb. Oh yes. Brilliant. <laughs> um, this is like multiple prairie bombs yes. all together. Yeah. Um, 
And then what, uh, how did you learn to scale it from home? I assume you were brewing on like a five, so yeah, so, five gallon uh, scale. I always brewed like 10 gallon batches at home. Gotcha. Um, this was the beer I did the most amount of times because um, I loved, I used to love Prairie Bomb and oh, I always wanted to, to try to yeah. replicate it. Uh, so that's kind of where it started. Now, like you said, scaling it up, we're drinking last year's. That was the first time that I was able to scale it up. Right. Um, and it was not easy. And that's why I had to right. boil it for 10 hours. I undershot. And uh, it's definitely a learning process. Like I said, this year's, uh, we overshot because our efficiency was, was so great. Um, right. Scaling it up definitely had its tasks. And now around that time, I had only been professionally brewing um, on the big system for you know, six months or something. So gotcha. everything was, I was still learning, figuring out everything. Um, but yeah, like I said, efficiency just goes down the toilet when you get these huge beers going. And um, yeah, it's just a learning process. It's it's kind of tough. And I assume the scaling process, and uh, I may have asked this question in the past to somebody, I don't remember, but it, it uh, I feel like it's not just a multiplication of by volume. There's got to be something else involved. So like if you're doing 30 gallons now instead of 10 gallons it's not just three times the amount that you had done before whatever that was i know there's so, going to be some other more complicated so yeah, math so, to it. so i was brewing uh you know 10 gallons of this beer at home we're brewing 300 gallons now um, Shit. but you know in and as, as far as the malt goes it really is pretty much just multiplication i mean we just plug in the old recipe into the brewing software and it is tit for and, tat like that so uh, like the brewing software does a lot of the math for yeah. me right great um However, scaling the adjuncts, scaling the spices, that's where it gets really tough um, because less is you need less in the bigger batches. So really, I was doing maybe less to scale. Right, right. So like, if I put in, let's say I was using, I don't have my notes off with me offhand, but let's say I was using four ounces of cinnamon sticks into ten gallons at home. I it wasn't just straight, if I straight multiplied that cinnamon up to three three hundred gallons it'd be way too much cinnamon. Sure. Um, so it was a lot of small scale blending. Uh, you know we brewed the base beer. Uh, I had to kind of guess on cocoa nibs. I've done a few cocoa nibs beers since. Um, okay. We used let's see for this batch I think we used twenty pounds of cocoa nibs in Shit. ten barrels. Uh, yeah, we did 10 barrels last year. We did seven this year. Um, and how do you test that? I mean, do you just have to like use an entire batch? Yeah. Like, brew it's, an entire batch and just stuff out like that's works? hard. Like, so like I say, like with some other spices like cinnamon and something, you may be able to make a concentrated cinnamon um, mixture and you and dose a small amount. So let's say we're dosing uh, a, a 12 ounce glass with coffee or cinnamon and we're just dosing it in milliliters, then we can do the math and scale that up. So it took us two milliliters of cold brew coffee in 12 ounces of beer. So I can say there's 1,500 12-ounce beers in this tank, and I can get a rough estimate of how much I'll need. And then what I'll usually do from there is scale back a little bit because I can always add more. That's a good idea. Um, Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. I just think about that in terms of the cost. You know, like I've done very little homebrewing, but you know, it's still expensive. I mean, even for a homebrew, like I don't have $75 to piss out the window. So like you have to make sure that like, you know, it's at least going to be palatable when you get done. So I don't want to add like, Hey, what, what does a steak beer sound taste like? Like, I don't want to know because that's yeah. a lot of money to waste. So I, yeah. I mean, that makes sense that you would have, you would go with less because you can always add more later. I do a lot. Like I said, I do a lot of small scale blending. Uh, I mean, there's nothing better than blending beers in a glass with things and seeing if it works. Yeah, that's awesome. 
Uh, yeah, I think they actually do that at the Floyd County. They have like a tap infuser where they have like oh, yeah, coffee the Randall. and then they'll have a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really yeah. cool. Yep. Um, so I wanted to ask a little bit about uh, the color, the the nose, just the more aesthetic qualities to it. Sure. Let's pull out that other one there and we can look at how beautiful it is pouring into these glasses. Let's do that. Um, this is a, uh, I mean, it's a jet black imperial stout um it's gonna pour with kind of a a dark khaki colored head on it uh excuse me while i get my keychain here and open this bottle so this is going to be the extra vanilla version um this was definitely the most popular one last year what was the question (laughs) so the question was how much time do you spend on the body uh, the nose, the color, like just just all the like aesthetic qualities about the beer. Well, it's an imperial stout. I mean, you know, the the roasted grays, the chocolate malts, and everything in there um, make it this nice, beautiful black color. Uh, boiling it for a long time that gets us that thick body. Um, if you smell this one right off the bat, you're gonna get that vanilla. It's just massive, oh, yeah. massive vanilla. Yeah, I get it. It's so soft. I mean, tasting. I don't know how to describe it. It does. Vanilla really way. rounds things yeah. out. Soft is a great. That's a great descriptor. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because you know, like as a as an enthusiast, as a beer drinker, like I'm always like, what does it taste like? What does it taste like? That is the primary purpose of drinking a beer. But what it looks like is equally important. And I'm just curious, like, how much time do you need? How much time do you even need to spend on a stout? They're black. They are all right. Black. Stout's a little bit different. Like. Uh, it might be a different conversation if we maybe this came out and it was more of a dark brown or something. Right. Um, well, that would be a porter. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, but I've been doing this beer for so long, and I just kind of know. Like we said, it's all in the brewing software. It's pretty right. easy in the brewing software. I mean, you can plug in your grain bill, and you can say, uh, "It's not quite black enough. What? What? What can I add?" Because there's a, there's a uh, color spectrum we use. It's called SRM. Oh, cool. So I can go in the brewing software and say, I'm going to brew an Imperial Stout. And the brewing software will say, okay, that needs to be, be between 30 and 40 SRM to be the appropriate color. Gotcha. So I can design awesome. a recipe and it say it's 25 SRM. And then I can go in and say, well, that needs to be darker. What kind of malts can I add to that to make it darker without, while, while still providing the correct flavor profile? That's awesome. Um Man, this is a this is fucking delicious. This is fantastic. <laughs> this so, was definitely the most popular one. This one, I think there was only uh, I think we maybe only did eighty bottles of this one last year. It was the first the first eighty people in line got one, and that was it. Well, I'm glad that I, <laughs> I have had this opportunity. Yeah. Um. So I wanted to ask about the ABV. Um, twelve point five percent is by stout standards. I think like I wouldn't say it's average. It's a little above average, but it's still like not foreign right like right. it's a pretty re- it's well common. these days yeah these, these days, days yeah, I mean, yeah. Sh- shit's getting fucking crazy exactly but so one of the questions that i have though always when people have high abv beers is like why i mean i love it um but that also makes me feel like do i have a problem <laughs> yeah um for me with with these big uh, imperial stouts that have all these things in them like uh chocolate and coffee and cinnamon and all this the high alcohol um, is kind of a byproduct of the the base beer that you need to support all these things, right? So, like, if this was a 6% milk stout and we're putting all this stuff into it, um, it's not going to have the oomph and the chutzpah and the body to support all these things. Yeah. Um, it's really, uh, you know, this big, big beer is... is 
got the body to make it feel like rich and decadent and everything, right? So, I mean, we're drinking a lot of this beer today. It's more than I would normally drink just because it's right. such so high alcohol. Um, so for me, I, it's also what's popular. People, people are really, really into high alcohol beer right now. Right. Um, there, I think there's a time and place for it for sure. It's uh, at home. Yeah. That's where it is. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. It's in the Leo offices. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, um, like I say, it's kind of a byproduct of the of the beer to to, to hold all this stuff up for me. Um, yeah, it just doesn't work in lower alcohol beers when you start throwing all this stuff at it. All right, balance balance is really a key word there. Well, balance is everything. So you had talked a little bit about uh, earlier about having variants of this this year. What kind of variants might we expect? So uh, for the bottles this year, you're going to have the the OG, of course. Um, and then we will have an extra vanilla. Okay. And we will have an Arbol chili pepper. Okay. And then we have a secret variant that will be announced. Ooh la la. Um, day of, maybe? All right. Uh, it might rhyme with Boconut. I see. I see. <laughs> um, there will be a very small amount of those bottles. Probably the first 50 people might get one. So I'm guessing fire roasted kiwis is what you mean. Fire. <sighs> Damn yeah. it, you figured me out. Perfect. <laughs> um, that's awesome. Um do you, and, and I was actually going to ask this too. I love a good barrel aged stout. Is that going to be? Is that on the table at any point in the future? That one over there with gold wax on it's barrel aged. Oh fuck yeah! <laughs> I assume it's bourbon barrel. Yeah, it's bourbon barrel. Yes. Uh, so that one was last year's. So we put it in the new rift barrel for uh, the Kentucky Craft Bash. Uh, it only rested in there for about six months because we get those okay. barrels in January and the festival is in July. I prefer to let stuff rest a little longer, maybe a year. Yeah. Um, so this entire batch that's in the tank at the brewery now is all going to bottles. As soon as that comes out of the tank, we are brewing it all over again, and it's going all to bourbon barrels. Oh, fuck So we'll yeah. be filling uh, three bourbon barrels this this winter. Uh, so next winter, it'll be coming out, and we'll nice. be doing some bottle releases. Well, if you guys want to you know, get some rum barrels, too, that's my shit right there. So uh, like... Easier said than done. I would love a rum barrel. <laughs> Is it hard to get a hold of them? Uh, yeah, rum barrels are not. They're, they're really high demand. Um, a lot of rum barrels are used over and over. Oh, uh, yeah, and then by yeah. the time they're retired, they're barely holding liquid. I think I did know that. Yeah. So it's, I mean, some rum barrel beers are amazing. Uh, it's just oh, yeah. tough to get your hands you on. Talked them. about Prairie. Yeah. If if you know of any rum barrels, please let me know. I don't I'd love to take some. I just like that. <laughs> yeah. I just like a good pirate bomb. They're yeah. Oh yeah. Good. Oh yeah. Great beer. I know uh, Angels Envy's doing there. They're finishing their rye in rum barrels, oh. and it's delicious rye. Man, if you could get a hold of those uh, I barrels, I would love to find yeah. one of those. But um, so, what's the name about? It's called the Brain Check. They're all called the Brain Check, even <laughs> yeah, with the, brain the check. variant. Yeah. Um, so it comes from back when I was brewing it at home. Okay. Uh, it had a bunch of different names, but one time we were brewing it, and I had a bunch of friends over, and we we're drinking in the backyard brewing it. It's just pouring rain on us, pouring rain. We're like set up yeah. under a tent in my backyard. And uh, someone said something like, oh, man, you're going to have to name this beer Rain Check. And, uh, you know, my buddy Nate, who's actually our assistant brewer now, he's like, <laughs> more like Brain Check. Well, it's accurate. There, yeah. and, and then there it was. Right. <laughs> well, it's stuck. So, I mean, it obviously had uh, had good marketing appeal in the long run. It's uh, so this uh, just reminded uh, this. I won. um. This beer's won a gold at the state fair when I was homebrewing. Every time I entered it, it took a gold in the uh, oh, hell spice yeah. beer category. What does that mean to you? I mean, it, it's cool, but I mean, do you get something for it? Or? Yeah, I get a little, little pretty little medal. Nice. Do you wear Something them else? often? I hope so. I'm surprised. Nice. Forgot to wear it today. <laughs> um, and have you guys? Do you do you all ever enter these in contests or anything like that? 
So, like I said, I have only been professionally brewing since uh, September 2018, so about a year and a half. Yeah. Um, I've spent the last year figuring out the big system. Okay. Um, I've made a lot of really, really delicious beers. So, um, in the next year, I'll definitely be focusing more on entering competition. You and stuff. should. This is yeah. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, the last question that I have today is, uh, can you tell me a little bit about, you know, we talked, we said that this is going to be late February, um, and obviously things happen. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about how to find out when it hits the tap? Um, and also wanted to know, is it, uh, how limited is the run? Sure. Uh, so last year we did about 350 bottles total between all the variants. This year it should be somewhere around 600, uh, plus a few kegs for draft. The release should be late February. We're shooting for the 29th. Um, I, I don't like to promise a date to anybody in case the beer gods don't don't agree with me. Sure. Um, so it, you guys are going to have to go to our Facebook, Akasha Brewing Company. Go to our Instagram, Instagram, Akasha Brewing Company. Not the Akasha that's in Australia. I say. There is one in Australia with the same name. Get out of here. <laughs> and uh, just click that like button. Click that follow button. And uh, and just watch out for us. We'll we'll definitely announce it a week or two weeks ahead of time. Awesome. And um, yeah, get there early if you if you want one of the uh, special variants. All right. Yeah, All right. yeah, yeah. The Boconut. The Boconut. Excellent. Yeah. Well, I, I appreciate you coming out and talking to us today. And thank you so much for sharing this delicious beer with me. Um, it's the first I've had in a while, and it's ooh, it's hitting the spot. Oh, I can imagine. Uh, so, yeah. So thanks for coming out. Cheers. Thanks for having me. Thank you.